We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. A huge welcome to everyone. I want to um, welcome back our, our school families. Uh, school starting on Monday. It's a big day. Uh, really excited about that. So before we jump into our main kind of topic today, um, we have a survey. This is a non-binding question. I'm gonna, we're going to do a vote, but it is a non-binding vote. Just going to make that clear. Okay, we do not believe in a democratic church, right? Okay. Um, we're going to add a mass time at Lourdes. We need to. I know today is extraordinary, um, but we, we do the 11 a.m. and the 8.45 a.m., are just getting to a point where there's too much pressure on them. So we're adding a mass starting in October. Here are your options, lay people. <laughs> so your options are we could do 7.30, 9.30, 30 on Sunday mornings. The 6 p.m. and the 4.30 on Saturday night, those will stay the same. But we could do 7.30, 9.30, or 8, 10, noon. You get one vote and one vote only, and if you vote twice, I will find out, <laughs> and it won't be pretty. Okay, so how, who wants, uh, who thinks 7, 30, 9, 30, 11, 30, show of hands. Okay, that's 134. <laughs> okay. Uh, 8, 10, noon. 134. Okay, as I said to the last Mass, it was just like that. You're completely worthless and useless to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. We will be adding that. That's going to happen in October. We'll keep you updated. Uh, but we, I don't think there is a perfect time for us to add a Mass, but uh, we need to do it. So we'll figure that out. Who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. When I was in seminary, there's a, there's a Latin phrase that we would use a lot. It says, agere sequitur esse. Agere sequitur esse. And what that means is, it means action follows being. Or what you do, you could say it this way, what you do flows from who you are. What you do flows from who you are. And what I want to talk to you about today, today is prayer and participation weekend. And I do want, we need help, folks. And I need men and women who are going to commit with me to the mission of Our Lady of Lords, to serve the Catholic Church, to serve Christ, and to serve his people. And I need you to commit. What happens in almost every church is everyone says someone else will do it. Monsignor Glenn, when I was in seminary, there's the infamous story of the fork. We were in the refectory, and which is a, we have weird words for everything, don't we? Refectory means cafeteria. It's kind of like there's that big pitcher for communion with the wine. That pitcher in Catholic terminology is called a flagon. No idea why. But anyway, we were in the, we were in the refectory, and there was somebody left a fork on a table. And Monsignor Glenn went to go pick it up after lunch one day, and he said, you know what? I'm just going to wait and see how long it stays there. 
And you all know how that goes. I forget the exact amount of time, but it was like 15 years, right? <laughs> um, it was a long time. And Monsignor Glenn, I remember, it was this famous story. And he was so right. He said, when you are in a church of people, and when you're in a seminary that has 120 seminarians or however many, everyone thinks it's someone else's job to do it. Brothers and sisters, I need your help. And there are practical things in this church. There is a small group of people in this church who make things work. And they sacrifice their time because they love Christ and they love you. But we need more of you. Our church has more than quintupled in size in the last five years. We need your help. I need you to, be, to commit. I need you to be selfless. And I need you to say, you know what, Father Brian? I'm in. And I'll help. I'll be a part of the church. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the most important thing we're going to get to today is that who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. And I want to get to the biggest thing that you need to commit to today is you need to commit to the fact that you need a real prayer life. You have to have a real prayer life. And that's hard for us, right? We love things that are measurable. Don't you love, I always say, the, the people I'm the most envious of are the lawnmowers. Man, I love those guys, right? And they're out there. I, I don't know if I love or hate them. Usually I'm in my office, I'm like, I'm like judging them because they get to mow the lawn. But there's nothing like mowing the lawn. You go out and you mow the lawn and you look and you say, you can see your progress and there's such a sense of satisfaction, right? And I'm like, Lord, there could be lawnmower priests, right? Like, what an awesome religious order, right? Like, go and mow people's lawns. That'd be so great. I'm in. We like things that are measurable. We like to see things that, that we see the results. I, I think of whoever it is that carved the marble for our altar. Like, what a magnificent thing that must have been. The world tells us every day, right, that, that we need to be external, that we need to go do things. We need to be active. We need to, to be efficient and cause things to get done. And there's nothing that's bad about getting things done, but it is secondary in the life of a human being. And especially in the life of a Christian. So if we went to, imagine we went up to CU Boulder or, or Colorado State or Colorado School of Mines or DU and we asked some history professors and we said, who's the greatest Christian figure in history after Jesus himself? Think of what they would say. You know, maybe they would say St. Paul because he, he wrote, you know, I don't know, two-thirds of the New Testament. And he founded communities all across the Mediterranean. Maybe it be St. Benedict. St. Benedict saved Western civilization by his foundation of monasteries. Maybe John Paul II. You know, John Paul II was seen in person by more people than any human being in all of history. That'd be cool to put on your resume, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, been seen by three billion uh, amazing things, right? These are great saints. I think one contender could be St. Juan Diego. I was looking yesterday at some stats on this, 
And this is just fascinating. St. Juan Diego, so get this, between 1524 and 1532, the Spanish missionaries and others were in Mexico working hard to try to bring people to faith. And we all know there were a lot of sins committed. There were a lot of abuses in that time as well. There were a lot of people using force. There were bad things. There were good things too. But they, they converted between, if the historical record is anywhere near accurate, between 1524 and 1532, in eight years, eight years of hard work, they converted and baptized 200,000 people. It's a lot. In 1532, St. Juan Diego, by his holiness and his openness to God, right, God sent Our Lady to appear to him at Tepeyac. Our Lady of Guadalupe came in 1532. So in, in eight years, all the missionaries' hard work yielded 200,000 conversions. In the next 15 years, between 1532, after Our Lady appears, to 1548, Nine million souls converted to Catholicism in 15 years. And the reports of that time talk about how the missionaries didn't, they were no longer really going out to preach. People were rushing to them, begging them to be baptized. Right, Juan Diego, that, that country, there's probably never been a country in the history of the world that went through such a radical conversion to Christianity as Mexico did in the 16th century. Amazing. But all of those are the wrong answer. Every one of them. We all know who the greatest person who ever lived was. Outside of God himself, the greatest person that has ever lived is a girl we called Mary. And the church wants to teach you something by that. The church wants to teach you that as great as like St. Francis Xavier was. Francis Xavier baptized so many people, and you know Catholics are weird. He baptized so many people that we, after he died, we put his arm in a church so you can go see his hand. It's kind of weird. Catholics, you're all strange. But he was amazing. You'd think it'd be him. It's not. It's the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because audere sequitur essay, what you do flows out of who you are. And who you are is more important than what you do. And the reason Mary is the greatest human being that has ever lived or ever will live is because she had perfect union with the Blessed Trinity. You were not created to be efficient. You were not created to get things done. You were created to have a perfect union in heart, mind, and soul with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. And brothers and sisters, we're so intentional about so many things in our lives. We're intentional about our maintenance on our cars and our homes. We're intentional about our savings. We're intentional about our vacations. The most important thing in your life is that you become holy. 
And the biggest message I have for you today is that you cannot do that if you don't learn how to pray. If you do not learn how to pray, and I don't mean the rosary, the rosary is beautiful and you should pray the rosary. And you should ask God for things, and that's prayer too. But I mean the type of prayer where you learn to be in the presence of God in silence. Every great mystic and saint in the history of the church has said that that is of the utmost importance. Every one of them. There's a great quote from a Cistercian monk. It says this. He says, Let there always be quiet, dark churches in which men can take refuge. Places where they can kneel in silence. Houses of God filled with his silent presence. There, in those places, even when they do not know how to pray, at least they can be still and breathe easily. You have to learn how to pray. We're starting adoration here at Lourdes in a formal way, uh, the week of September 17th. We're going to have adoration, exposition of the, the Eucharist here in the church, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, from 2 in the afternoon. In school, parents, we did it at 2 p.m. because we thought maybe parents want to come an hour early before they pick up their kids and be with Jesus Christ in silence and prayer. But we'll go from 2 o'clock those days until 10 p.m. As the ministry grows, we'll expand it. But we thought we would start there. There is nothing more important in your life than your learning how to pray. One more line today. I just want to, this is what I really want to hit you with a prayer. If you, the more you're around something, you know how you like start talking like your friends? The more you're around someone, you pick up the way they speak. You're influenced by them. I'm horrified right now because I'm starting to speak like Father Nathan Goble. And I am like, if you didn't laugh, you don't know who he is. But I'm like, and he's a good friend. I love Father Nathan. But I'm like, oh, man, that was like a Goebbelism. Ugh, gross. <laughs> you do that. The culture influences us. And everything in the culture speaks to us every day, and it inundates us. And if you live in the crowd, if you have the radio on and the TV, and you're always running around, I promise you, you will be influenced and start to think the way the world does. Here's what St. Paul says. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. If you want to live the type of life opposed to God, Paul says you should live according to the flesh and you should think about it. Think about your pride. Think about vanity. Think about your ego. Think about pleasure and comfort. Think about the ways people have wronged you. That's the flesh. And the world tells us every day that that's how we should think. We should be obsessed with what we don't have. Right? My neighbor has a nicer house or a nicer car than me or nicer clothes. Right? Or this person you know, doesn't understand how awesome I am and they should see how great I am. That's the flesh. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit... Set their minds on the things of the Spirit. 
Do you want to grow in holiness? That's what prayer is. That's the type of prayer I want every single one of you to have. Where you put a fence around your life and you say, I know I have to deal with the world, but when I come and I'm on my knees in these pews and Jesus Christ is present on the altar, I say to the world, you do not belong here. And in this time when I'm in front of Christ, I set my mind on the things of God, the things of the Spirit. And I take the New Testament or whatever, our spiritual book, and I think about the love of Jesus Christ on the cross. And I think about how someday I'm going to die and all that matters is eternity. And I think about Mary and the way that she loved Jesus with everything she had. And a complete and total giving of self in faith, hope, and love. There's never been a more beautiful love for God than the heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And you and I don't think about that enough. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Do you want to be a better Christian? Do you want to love God more? Brothers and sisters, what are you filling your mind with? You must learn how to pray. And I promise you, I will make this promise to you, the most important thing about prayer is that you show up. I can recommend 10 books for you about how to learn how to do it. The biggest reason people fail at prayer is not because they didn't learn a technique. It's not because they don't have aids to learn how to pray. It's because they don't show up. That's the most important thing I can say to you today. And the second thing is just this. I just want to wrap with this. If we do nothing else at Lord's but learn how to pray, you all will help me to go to heaven. Because I think that's my job. My job is to help you learn how to pray. That's a big part of it. And if you learn how to pray, you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to help me go to heaven. But after that, you have to find a way to give your life away. And I always say Christians need three things. I'll be brief on this. If you're going to be a devout Catholic, and I'm assuming some things, right? I'm assuming you're going to Mass. I'm assuming you're going to confession, right? Sacraments, those kinds of things, right? I assume you're not going to some weird pagan cult thing. Okay, you need three things. You must have a real prayer life. Must, must, must. You must have authentic Christian friendship. Today in the sign-ups, I want Lourdes to be a place of small communities. We need people who would say, you know what, Father Brian, I'll start a small group. I don't know everything about my faith, but you know what? I could host once a month, and I could put out, you know, some, I don't know, LaCroix if you want to get fancy and whatever else, I don't know. I could do that. If you can do that, you can be a leader. To be a real Christian, you must have authentic Christian friendship. You have to have it. It's not enough to just do it on your own. There's sign-ups. We, we want to promote small groups, and we want to break outside. The young adults do it really well. We want families to do it. We want men's groups to do it. We want people that are in the senior community to do it. We want people to have authentic Christian friendships where they say, I don't just go to Mass. I belong in Lord's, and I know 
10 people who are some of my best friends. The third thing you need is some form of intellectual stimulation. You have to learn your faith. And I want to plug RCIA here. If you're not Catholic, man, we got to talk. We got to talk. I teach RCIA, and it's, it does not mean you're going to become Catholic. RCIA is the way people do become Catholic, but you don't have to become Catholic. I tell people no pressure, zero pressure. But come ask, get your questions answered. Just come check it out. Come twice, see if you like it. And instead of asking, you know, your neighbor down the street who doesn't know anything about the church and left 30 years ago, if you really have, if you're serious about God, why not come to RCIA and learn why the Catholic Church believes what she does? If you're a practicing Catholic, come anyways. Come learn your faith more deeply. You must have a real prayer life. You must have authentic Christian friendships. And you must go deeper in the intellectual understanding of your faith. After Mass, there are cards out in the north. Oh, I think they're actually outside for the parish picnic. Get a card, fill it out, and sign up for something. We need help with all kinds of things. We need readers and Eucharistic ministers and people in music. We need all kinds of things. But brothers and sisters, stop having good intentions but not doing anything. Come on mission with me. Come with me. Help me spread the gospel. Help us make this church everything it should be. And more than anything, the most important thing you can do is you can decide today, Lord, I'm going to stop just kind of being lazy and joking around about it. Lord, today I'm going to commit that I need to have a prayer life. Jesus, we love you. We want to love you more. Lord, I'll never love you as much as Mary did. But I want to grow closer to that. I don't want to just do things for you. I want to have a heart that's pure. A heart that has space for you. Jesus, today, increase our faith, hope, and love. And Lord, make us men and women who pray. And men and women who make space for you in the world. Let us now stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, he became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and a life for the world to come. Amen. With great joy that God has called us to union with him, let us now lift up our prayers. For courageous leadership of the church, we pray to the Lord. For statesmen and politicians who value courage and integrity, we pray to the Lord. For those who resort to terrorism and other forms of violence, we pray to the Lord. That the sick, especially Dorothy Parker, will soon be restored to good health, we pray to the Lord. For the perfection and peace of our dead, especially Paul Norman, Sandy Sandoval, and Flossie Brill, we pray to the Lord. That the God of mercy will hear the prayers we now offer in the silence of our hearts. We pray to the Lord. God, our Father, may we no longer live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Free our minds from the things of the world, that we may contemplate your truth, your beauty, and your goodness. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Please. 